0: Hello and welcome. To Resting Witch Face, your one-stop haunt for all things spooky, bitchy, and more. I'm Grant Jacoby.
1: I'm Bailey Bennett. How are you guys? I guess you can't answer, but how are you, Grant?
0: I'm doing well. I'm once again coming at you from my childhood bedroom. I was just sharing various memorabilia throughout my room um, with Bailey prior to starting to record. Just the sheer chaotic posters that are just littering the walls.
1: Yeah, I was very excited when, when uh, right when we were about to record, I noticed that Grant would be sitting directly in front of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer poster, um, which I'm sure, you know, is circa 1999. Yes. Um, which is, I mean, uh, the authenticity alone, but Grant is currently blocking it with his body, but that's actually <laughs> okay because it is a poster of Buffy and Angel, which is sort of like, that's, just, that's sort of tough for me uh, to get on board okay. with.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, I, there definitely are definitely some posters in here that I could I like, could I sell? The right, one yeah. in particular is, um, the signed poster from the Debbie B hit sitcom, What I Like About You. Of course. Um, signed both by Jenny Garth and Amanda Bynes, circa like 2003.
1: I'm sure um, that you could get at least $200 for that yes. on eBay.
0: <laughs> at least $73 <laughs> after competitive bidding war. For sure. Um, yeah, so fun story about how I obtained this poster. I was at my aunt's wedding in San Francisco. Yes, she is a lesbian. <laughs> I didn't think that. The,
1: I didn't think the story was going to, the, the story of you p- procuring this what I like about you poster would start at a wedding, but I love that.
0: So one of my aunt's friends was, I believe a producer on the show and we were doing, um, so I was in California with my family. We were starting in San Francisco for this wedding and then we were traveling down the coast and she was like, any chance you're going through LA? And I was like, yes. Meanwhile, like I'm like 12 Mm -hmm. and she was like, I heard you like the show. Like, would you like to come to a taping? Oh my god! And of course, I was like, "Holy shit, yes!" But the dates didn't line up,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like, my parents were like, "We're not going to extend our stay in L.A. because we literally did like a day in L.A. We like
1: okay, so they're
0: through Hollywood and like went to Johnny Rockets." Uh huh.
1: Okay, so your parents are actually not allies. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah insanely homophobic. <laughs> um, just kidding. Uh, as a consolation prize, I got mm-hmm. this poster in the mail.
1: Um, That is so nice, honestly.
0: I know. Wow. Like, haven't really spoken to my aunt since. Um, (laughs) Anyway, we're here today. (laughs) We sure are. Um, Do we have anything to, like, discuss?
1: I don't think we really have anything to discuss. Um, I had a
0: really good burrito last night. That
1: is, that's important. Mm -hmm.
0: So, if any of you are ever in the greater Boston area, I cannot recommend enough that you must go to Anna's Taqueria. Bailey, you've been there. We've been there together. <laughs> I know what
1: you're going to say.
0: <laughs> um, I actually wasn't going to, but I was just going to talk about the burrito I had, which was insane. It's like a small local chain, and it's like to die for. It's like just the very like simple mm-hmm. ingredients, mm-hmm. and it just tastes like very authentic, very fresh. I guess, um, who the fuck am I going to know about what an authentic burrito tastes like? But it's not like going to like Chipotle.
1: Sure. No, I can attest it was a good burrito when I had
0: it. Yeah. Um, but yes what is bailey is referring to is <laughs> that we went to this is my favorite night of all time is that we went to Tacoria and 10 years ago by the way i know literally, yeah literally that we were just discussing this memory the other day because we we'd hit the 10 year marker of getting burritos and going to a concert in between which bailey walked into slash over <laughs> was it a was it a parking meter or was it like a bike stand it was like
1: one of those like half holes that was like definitely like up to my waist in height and I just like slammed into it. <laughs>
0: like cooter first. Like it was it was one of those moments where I thank God that like the, the brain is, is so fascinating. Like what like really just like sticks in there. It's like it was like watching a, a deer run in front of a car. It was just like <laughs> your leg went up at this like impossible angle and oh, I'll never forget it.
1: That's some some good memories. Yeah. Um, Great. Um, Well, I'm really glad we covered that at least. Yeah, me too. Um, Do you want to talk about our badass bitches?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll go go first. first. I'll try to keep this a spoiler-free badass bitches of the week. But since I just finished it, I just got to throw it out to the cast of Yellow Jackets.
1: Absolutely. Okay. I've I've also considered doing this. By the time this episode comes out, It will have been well past the Yellow Jacket's time, but obviously they're making more seasons. So, like, if anyone is listening to this and hasn't watched, this is your sign to catch up. Sorry. Please go on.
0: No, no, no. It's, um, I feel like it's one of the shows that I feel like either I've talked to, either way I've mentioned to to people and either they're like, holy shit, I binged it, obsessed, (sighs) or people are like, I've never heard of it. Mm -hmm. And it's just so good and for those of you that haven't heard about it it's about a group of high school soccer players who are involved in a plane crash um, and get stranded in the woods for it's like a year and a half
1: yeah it's like 19 months
0: Mm -hmm. and it flashes from them kind of figuring out how to survive in this wilderness and all that trauma as teenagers and flashes forward also to the present day um where these adult women are still kind of grappling with what happened to them. Mm-hmm. And it's was so, what made it so impactful, I think, was that it was simultaneously so, so chilling, but like there's so much that happens and yet there's so much left to be uncovered.
1: Absolutely. I mean, like even even watching the whole season, it's like, you don't know, you only know a few of the survivors, like, you know, for mm-hmm. sure, not everyone made it through this experience and you only have met a few of them in their adulthood. But there's like, there's just so many more mysteries to uncover about what happened and who ended up making it through and what their relationships are like now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And just so, so great to see, especially I'm going to say like, not say like women of a certain age, but like female actresses in their forties who are typically, you know, kind of pushed. That's the age of like women are pushed out of Hollywood. They're no longer like the young hot ingenues. They're not quite the like Meryl Streep. Mm -hmm. I'm now going to play someone's grandma role. Mm -hmm. Um, And so yeah, Melanie Linsky, Tawny Cypress, um, Christina Ricci and uh, Juliette Lewis are all just like fucking insanely good. And all the actresses who play the younger selves, um, also insanely good. Yeah, if you haven't if you haven't watched it, please check it out. And when I tell you, there's a moment in the last five minutes of the last episode where I let out a a gasp, not because like, like because there was something on the screen that chilled me to the bone in mm-hmm. a way that like I haven't experienced in a very long time. Uh
1: huh. Yes. No. I was equally obsessed with this show. I can't wait for more. Um, I will also say that it's steeped in like 90s nostalgia because the plane Mm -hmm. crash happened. Like the girls are in high school in 1996. So there's like so much good like throwback music. And what I also love is even like casting Christina Ricci and Juliette Lewis in these roles who were sort of like young 90s icons to now play like Not the washed up versions of themselves, but like to play these, like, you know, these older versions of sort of who Mm -hmm. they used to be. And it's, and there is this very like reflective nature on their lives, it feels like. So it's just, it's just a really cool, really cool and like sort of a meta way. Um, Yeah. And can't wait for more. So
0: I know. Like, thank God it's been renewed because it is so so good. Can't, can't recommend it enough.
1: Absolutely. Uh, my badass bitch this week is also with, within the television universe, and I feel like this is really um, sort of a long time coming. But we didn't record for like a year, so I just wanna I just wanna give a shout out to our girl Jennifer Coolidge. Um, I just oh, yeah. feel like obviously she's been having like the year <clears throat> of a lifetime. Um, if anyone didn't watch White Lotus, she was absolutely perfect. Like performance of her fucking life um she's also the only i think the only cast member who was in white lotus season one who is also going to Mm -hmm. be in white lotus season two which is so exciting um
0: smart but she's uh, uh,
1: obviously um but she is just like she's been an icon obviously for such a long time and so many people are aware of her because of like legally blonde or american pie like these
0: Um, A Cinderella story.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we can't and we cannot forget about a Cinderella story, but she has just been turning like she truly does so much with whatever she's given, no matter how small the role it is so memorable. And I just really have grown to respect her so much because of she just has one of the most unique presences in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to an interview with her not too long ago where she was talking about White Lotus and Mike White, like asking her to participate. And she was, it was just a very real and relatable conversation where she was talking about how like over the pandemic, she like hadn't been the most active and she'd gained weight and she wasn't feeling very good about herself and her body. And she almost decided not to do the show because she didn't want to like be seen in that way. She was like, I don't feel good about myself. Like I don't want to be on camera. And like, it sounds like a friend or someone convinced her to do it anyway, and she was like, "Thank God that I did, and that that didn't hold me back from, you know, being a part of this incredible experience." And I feel like that that was so real to hear that from a mm-hmm. celebrity. And I don't know, I just love her. She's she's a gay icon. She's incredibly talented. Um, yeah, there's not there, There's there, there's so much that you could say about her, but I think uh, just just kudos to her as always.
0: Yeah, yeah, she is one of those people that you just like file under completely just like unproblematic faves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, will watch you in anything. So good in everything, mm-hmm. and for being a character actor who also is just able to just subtly place so different characters Mm -hmm. that like and like she's able to make you believe especially in white lotus that she is a real person like this person exists Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. despite being like over the top and um whatnot but yeah she's yes yeah that she's she's great um you know the gay the gays have loved her for a long time and it's finally nice to see that (laughs) the rest of the rest of mainstream hollywood is catching up
1: 100 percent yeah all right, great. So, you're going to be telling the story this week, babe.
0: Yeah, let's just let's just dive into it because this whew, this one's a doozy. Thank God. This is one I've wanted to do for so long. It's just it's like a soap opera with all of its twists and turns. And today we're going to be talking about the murder of uh, Travis Alexander, or better known as the Jody Arias story.
1: Hell yeah! I mean, <laughs> it feels so weird to be excited about this because. I mean, I obviously know this story, and it's incredibly fucked up, but mm-hmm. I haven't done a deep dive into it. So,
0: I did get um, this information from Wikipedia and more so from a Huffington Post article that went went through the timeline of this story because it's a it's a complicated timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, Great. And just trigger warning, I guess this mm-hmm. story does involve is rather gruesome and it, it, we will be talking about allegations of sexual assault and physical assault and um, pedophilia so mm-hmm. great if any of those things are not your fave then maybe just skip this up but if not and if you're just as messed up as we are come along for the ride <laughs> great okay let's do it so Travis Victor Alexander was born on July 28, 1977, in Riverside, California, as one of eight siblings. Shocking, he was Mormon. Mm. Um, At the age of 11, Travis moved in with his parental grandparents. Um, He uh, eventually became a salesman and a motivational speaker for prepaid legal services an American corporation that sells le- legal service products direct to consumer through employer groups through multi-level marketing, mm. whatever the fuck that means.
1: So it's it's an MLM. So it's like a pyramid scheme. Is that what that is? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. As someone who works in marketing, you think I would know like what I mean, marketing is? I'm making
1: a sweeping generalization, but I think <laughs> that he worked for yes. I mean, an MLM. Yeah. That's what that is. That
0: that that's, that sounds right. So, it was through this job that Travis met Jody Arias in September of 2006 at a PPL conference in Las Vegas. Yeah, if you're doing a conference,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've got it. You're, you're trapped. In a, if you're at a conference, yeah. you're trapped in a pyramid scheme. Yeah, you're, you're in it. Okay. Good luck.
0: Um, Jodi, who was uh, 28 at the time, was living in Palm Desert, California, and was trying to make it as a saleswoman and an independent photographer. Remember that little tidbit about being a photographer. That is going to come back later. Right. Um, the two hit it off right away and began speaking on the phone pretty much every day. Um, court records also indicate that the couple exchanged over eighty-two thousand emails during their courtship.
1: Wow. I emails. Mean, I don't. I feel like I don't think I, I don't think I've <laughs> sent eighty-two thousand emails in my entire life.
0: I guess this is like. Yeah, this is like the mid-2000s. So like sure.
1: texting wasn't really a thing. Well, I so bet I guess it, if
0: you wanted to like get your thoughts out via word.
1: Right. I guess it could have just been like a one sentence email back and forth, like a text message. Anyway.
0: Yeah, just like G-chat. Yeah. Um, as we're going through this, I, I I marked the various red flags.
1: Uh-huh. Okay, perfect. So that's kind of
0: red flag number one. Sure. That's, that's too many emails. Yes. Um, Two months later in November of 2006, Jody was inspired to convert to the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter Day Saints, and was baptized by Travis himself. Red flag number two. Yeah, no, absolutely. If if you've known this person for two months and they already want to convert to your religion, mm-hmm. that is like a pretty intense yep. religion. Absolutely. No no disrespect to the Mormon culture. I have some Mormon friends who are very pleasant, but that's like a bit. That's a that's a commitment. I agree. Yes. And this is before they were actually even officially dating. Okay. Uh, yeah, but they the, but the Travis has, and Jody
1: they they ha, they're not officially dating, but he has baptized her. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Which, like, <laughs> honestly, at this point, that's like that's like third base, right? And,
1: of course.
0: Um, so Travis and Jody officially began dating in February of two thousand seven. So naturally, Jody moved from Palm Desert to uh, Mesa, Arizona, where Travis lived. Of course. Red flag number three. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you it, it, Mesa. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it.
1: I think that's right. I don't know how far. Okay. I don't know how far away that is, but
0: let's find <laughs> out. We have the technology.
1: I'm gonna guess like a six-hour drive.
0: I was gonna say I don't think it's close because Palm Desert. Palm Desert is kind of like in like central California, like okay. not near the coast. Okay. It is a four and a half hour drive. Okay. All right. So you could like you could do it. In a day, for me, anything under five hours is, I think, is doable in a day.
1: But it would be I wouldn't want to go
0: like there and back.
1: Right, but it would be a long distance relationship. So she decides to just move
0: there. Yeah, she was just like, we've known each other for now like four months. Mm -hmm. Let's just let's just move right along. You've already baptized me. I might as well live in the same town as you. Okay, great. Um. However, their relationship was tumultuous from the start, with friends of Travis reporting that Jody's behavior was erratic, clingy, and bizarre. Uh, In June of 2007, after only four months of officially being a couple, Jody and Travis broke up, although they maintained a physical relationship, which I flagged as, like, a red-ish flag, because, like, having done that in a past life of of breaking up with someone and still, like, hooking up with them, it just doesn't end well.
1: Right. I'm sure there are people that have had a positive experience with that but it's exactly. definitely it's definitely messy and i think it would be very difficult to turn off your feelings when you've been yes. with someone and then just mm-hmm. have it turn back into just a sexual relationship
0: right i feel like you would have to be a very stable self-assured individual right with really open communication between the two mm-hmm. to make that work mm-hmm. this is not that scenario right, right. um Six months later, after they broke up, Travis began dating another woman, which angered Jody. Mm-hmm. Travis allegedly told friends that Jody was so jealous of this new relationship that she slashed the tires of his car twice. Oh my God! Red flag number five or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, like get out. Yeah. Um, after those incidents, his new girlfriend received a harassing email from someone named John Doe, mm-hmm. and naturally, Travis suspected that Jody was responsible. Again, another like I don't.
1: We can't actually keep track of the red
0: flags. Exactly. Like, again, like not to like victim shame by any means, but it's just like, there's the reason I was like flagging this. I was like, okay, like, like that's, that's when, that's when you get out. That's when you. Well, okay. Here's
1: the thing though. And we're going to, I mean, it's, this is, it's going to get so much deeper than this, but the thing that's always really like freaked me out about this story is it's like, yes, there were clearly red flags and like, maybe he should have, done more to, like, quote-unquote, get away from her. But it almost feels like there was nothing he could do to distance himself from her because she was so obsessed with being with him. You know, like, what was he supposed to do?
0: Right. And, like, I think that there was this, like, mutual infatuation, kind of just, like, there was some... I'm sure there was something that attracted him to that chaos. Mm -hmm. And, like, this person who is, like, so overly devoted... Mm -hmm. To you, I can understand how that could be, like, a little intoxicating. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway. So, it's unclear if and when the relationship with the other woman ended, but Jody and Travis maintained a friends-with-benefits relationship, despite the fact that Travis continued to see other women. Mm -hmm. Um, They even traveled to Texas and Oklahoma together in the spring of 2008. All the while, Jody would send him erotic text messages such as, end quote. Okay. Ah, I fell asleep. But to answer your question, yes, I want to grind you. And I want to be loud. That's in all caps. And I want, and this one's gross. And I want to give you a nice warm mouth hug too. Smiley okay. face.
1: All right. Okay. That's where we are. No, I'm great.
0: Yeah. I could have lived my whole life without hearing the expression mouth hug. Uh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, another text message she sent said, my pussy is
1: so wet. Also. I mean, yeah. Of course.
0: <laughs> really, really, really enjoying the fact that my parents are downstairs here, <laughs> probably hearing me record this podcast, being like, "What is happening?" Um, it's worth noting that it's not as if Jody's advances weren't reciprocated. According to court records, Travis sent the following text to Jody in April 2008 after she had relocated from Arizona back to California to live with her grandparents, and he said, "In quote, um, I am at a nightclub right now, and it helped me to come to the conclusion that you are one of the prettiest girls on the planet." End mm-hmm. quote. Um, he also sent her texts soliciting nudes. Mm-hmm. So, again, clearly there's this, there's this tornado of chaos between the both of them. They obviously have this, like, extreme sexual connection, mm-hmm. despite all that else is going on. Also in April of 2008, Travis posted the following blog entry. In quote, this year will be the best year of my life. This is the year that will eclipse all others. I will earn more, learn more, travel more, serve more, love more, give more, and be more than all other years of my life combined, end quote. So whatever the opposite of manifesting is, this is what it is.
1: Oh, no. Okay.
0: (laughs) In a continued battle of the blogs on May 10th, 2008, Jody posted the last entry to her online blog. Mm -mm. (laughs) This episode brought to you by, like, (sighs) blogspot.com. It reads in part... I cannot ignore that there is an ever-present yearning and desire that pulses within me. It throbs for gratification and fulfillment, and makes me want to wander this entire globe in search of this indefinitive something, that that I might suddenly experience it, discover it, or some other sort of quickening to quench this thirst that I've had since childhood. Yet somehow I don't believe that all of the wandering in the world will lead me to this attainment. Somehow I know it's right here inside of me. This yearning I have is perhaps the yearning for it to explode into expression. To be fully expressed would mean ultimate
1: gratification. Alright.
0: Yeah, so I she's I mean, she's it's very she's it's, feeling it's, something.
1: It's, it's ominous knowing what happens, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, that same day, Travis sent this text to Jody. Quote, Why don't you have him come and fuck you in the woods? I can only imagine you are so worried about me reading. You are paranoid because you have no respect for people's privacy and you dare insult me of all people. Mm-hmm. Someone you should, through your actions, you hate more than love by denying me a human right of privacy countless times. You have a lot of freaking nerve. We are all not like you in that aspect.
1: What, is any, so he, what does any of that mean?
0: I think he'd read her post and was like.
1: Okay. Like, you some, like. Some. Like, felt like sh- she was like airing their relationship. Yeah, I think
0: just like talking about how. Like she was unfulfilled, and okay. something in her was going to explode, and
1: uh-huh. I don't know. Okay.
0: Um, ten days later, um, Travis posted his last entry titled um, "Why I Want to Marry a Gold Digger."
1: Okay, sure.
0: It's also worth noting that both of their blogs are still live on the internet.
1: If oh, you would like to no. go read them, that's <laughs> sad. <laughs>
0: um. So his. So this is his last entry, which reads in part. I did a little soul searching, and I realized that I was lonely. I realized it was time to adjust my priorities and date with marriage in mind. This type of dating to me is a is like a very long job interview, and can be exponentially more mentally taxing. Desperately trying to find out if my date has an axe murderer penned up inside her.
1: Um. Well. All right.
0: You're not wrong. Uh huh. So during the first week of of June two thousand eight, Travis told friends. He, that he had suspected Jody had hacked into his Facebook account. And apparently this was the final straw. And he had told her to stay out of his life forever. But despite this declaration, Jody picked up a rental car and drove to Travis's home in Mesa. There they proceeded to have sex and took explicit photos of each other.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, That same afternoon on June 4th, 2008, the last outgoing call was made from Travis's phone. Afterwards, which he missed an important business call that evening. Mm -hmm. Over the next few days, Jody went to visit Ryan Burns, um, who was a former potential love interest for her, mm-hmm. and a, also a former coworker from the PPL, um, in, at his home in West Jordan, Utah, and then returned her rental car back to California. Uh, Ryan Burns alleges that Jody showed up hours late with a new hair dye job and cuts on her hands. Okay. Jody would later claim that she sustained the injuries after a glass broke while working at a Margaritaville back in California but it was later determined that she was never emplo- employed by that restaurant. Okay. Um, there were also claims of Jody having purchased a gas can from a local California Walmart only to return it a week later. Mm. Prosecutors would later suggest that she did so so as not to be seen filling her rental car with gas en route to and from Mesa.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: On June 9th, Travis's friends, having become quite concerned because they had not heard from him in s- for several days, went to his home on East Queensborough Ave in Mesa. What they found was nothing short of a grisly sight. They followed large amounts of blood throughout the master bedroom, um, which were on the floors, the walls, and the sink area, leading them into the bathroom where they found Travis's body in the stand-up shower in a state of advanced decomposition, hmm. which naturally suggested he had been dead for several days. Yeah, um,
1: it's so I, been, it's so hard when that he was found by his friends. Like
0: I know, like but yeah. Um, If you want to see the crime scene photos, they're online also. Yeah, why? Just so you know. It'll be literally why. Yeah. Did I click on it? Yes. Do I regret it?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Um, So he had been shot um, in the right brow. Um, The bullet was found lodged in his left cheek, which to me, I would think that's like a downward trajectory. Mm -hmm. And he had also been stabbed 27 times. Yeah. And someone had also cut his throat from ear to ear.
1: Like, it's so, so like, overkill. Like it's,
0: extreme overkill. I mean,
1: it's obviously such a crime of passion, and it's like I mean, we know exactly who did it, but it's just—it's unbelievable. <laughs> It's—it's so—it's so gruesome.
0: Yeah, it's—it's—it's it's in, it's insane, um, and. It was so, so much overkill that they were never actually able to quite determine what the actual cause of death was. Right. Like which, which stab wound. Um, but it was reported that the gunshot was post-mortem.
1: Like, for what? Like... Okay. Yeah.
0: Investigators found several vital clues in Travis's bedroom and bathroom. A spent uh, twenty five caliber shell casing was located on the floor near the sink the same caliber gun that was used in the murder and the same caliber gun that had allegedly been stolen from Jody's grandparents' house, where if you remember she had been living. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like if you're going to commit a murder, like don't use the weapon that like you have like immediate access to. Not that I'm like, <laughs> don't
1: no, but it, is, murders, but it is, this is a this one in particular is so interesting because it's like, she clearly tried to plan out certain aspects of it to cover her tracks. Like even the gas can, of mm-hmm. it all but then it's like but then to use a gun that you clearly got from a family member is just i don't <laughs> it's know just like,
0: like oh it was stolen yeah <laughs> like Great. okay um a p- strand of hair and a small latent print um in blood were also found near the entrance to the bathroom hall and a digital camera was found in the washing machine in the downstairs laundry room which had been run through the wash cycle mm-hmm. so when questioned by police um travis's friends and family members indicated that that Jody should be questioned. Um, she was totally obsessed with him. Tra- Travis's close friend Sky Hughes told the Huffington Post, "She wouldn't let him go. Whenever she- he would try to sever all ties, she would threaten to kill herself. He would tell her he didn't want to do- he didn't want anything to do with her, and she would just show up at his house. We knew it was her. We didn't want it to be her, but we just knew it was." Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Jody commemorated Travis's death by posting a photo gallery on her MySpace page titled. In loving memory of Travis. Oh, my God. She later posted saying that she misses Travis. See you soon, my friend, but not soon enough.
1: It's so, it's so disgusting.
0: Like, ew. Yeah. So on June 17th, so roughly about a week later after um, Travis's body was found, uh, Jody went to the Mesa Police Headquarters and was voluntarily fingerprinted and g- gave a sample of her saliva for DNA testing. She was also interviewed and claimed she had not seen Travis since April of that year which is obviously a lie, while waiting for the lab test results to come back, investigators were notified that several shocking images, some of which had tried to be deleted, were recovered from the memory card of the camera found in Travis's washing machine.
1: Yeah. It is kind of impressive that that digital camera survived a wash cycle.
0: My guess is the camera wasn't working anymore, but, I mean, the SIM card is still in there. I mean, that was was
1: really poor planning on her part because she could have... Destroyed the SIM card,
0: but. What's so interesting about the story is that it's such a combination of premeditation mm-hmm. and like really sloppy,
1: right? And rage, sloppy,
0: yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like the fact that it's like she she clearly knew she, she was obviously up to something with like this whole like gas can thing, like trying not to be seen. You know, trying. To, she obviously like brought the gun with her, right. and like was like, "Oh, it was stolen." So like, there obviously was this premeditation element to it. But then, yeah, she's like f- what flew into a rage, and then like did a really shit job of cleaning up. But just like, oh, like I guess I mean, clearly she thought the camera would just be destroyed in the wash. But like, why not take it with you? Yeah, just like dump it like in a trash can like at, a, at, a, at a, like a Walgreens. I know. <laughs>
1: Anywho, <laughs> we've got all yeah, we've I- got all the answers. <laughs> Yes. But also, like, but like, thank God that it wasn't destroyed because, like, this fucking, mm-hmm. like, she deserved to get everything she yeah. got.
0: You know, exactly. Yeah. Um, so six photos time stamped on the day of Travis's murder show a naked Jody on Travis's bed in various provocative sexual positions. Mm-hmm. Um, but the deleted pictures were of Travis naked in the shower just before his death.
1: It's so chilling.
0: I've- it's yeah. The, oh, these, these yeah. So what I'll say is, the, the crime scene photos are available. Like the gruesome stuff is blurred out, but this one particular photo, where he's looking back at the camera and smiling, mm-hmm. it's just like so. Really makes the hair on your entire body stand up. Yeah. Um, there were others. So there were some other photos as well, which were dark and grainy, and but police were able to theorize and identify that it was a subject on the floor of the bathroom bleeding profusely.
1: Oh my God. Yeah.
0: So I'm wondering if, cause I don't think she was like, my guess is the camera like fell and just like started like rapidly taking photos. Cause I mm-hmm. don't think, I don't think she was like, <laughs>
1: But I mean like I wouldn't put it past her to be taking photos of that, honestly. Yeah. I mean why would you bring why like the fact that she even had a camera in this scenario and she was like, let me take photos of myself with the murder victim in the location of the murder. <laughs> like she didn't I don't think she had any shame. Like what the fuck? Okay. Anyway.
0: I, I don't I don't know enough about psychology shocker. To diagnose, like, psycho- psychopathy or sociopathy, sociopathy, whatever. Yeah, I can't even fucking pronounce it. Um, but she was, she, she, something was.
1: It sounds like, like, narcissistic personality disorder or something. Because, like.
0: Oh, oh, you yeah, there's going to, okay. she's going to have some narcissistic moments. Anyway. Just, you, wait. Yeah, keep going. Um, on June 26th, detectives were notified that the hair and bloody print found inside Travis's home Drum roll please Brrr, belong to Jody <laughs> D- uh, DNA uh, also concluded that the blood um, that the fingerprint was in was a mixture of Jody and Travis's DNA yeah and that very same day Jody attended a memorial service for Travis
1: I it's unreal
0: like get out you're so gross it's like
1: un- it's unbelievable
0: my guess is she like thought like I'll seem less suspicious if
1: of course. i like
0: memorializing him and like showing up at his funeral. And it's like, girlfriend, everyone knows that like people return to the scene of the crime. Like that's, that's like.
1: But it also takes, it really takes a certain type of individual to even be able to sit through that memorial service. Mm-hmm. Like to not absolutely break down knowing what you did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But a few weeks later, on July 15th, 2008, Jody Arias was arrested for first-degree murder with the intent of seeking the death penalty. She entered a plea of not guilty, saying, quote, God knows I'm innocent. I know I'm innocent. I had nothing to do with his murder. I would never hurt him. He was my friend. Okay. Was he? Mm -hmm. Was he your friend? Um, Over the subsequent six to eight months, Jody's story changed from having not seen him since April 2008 uh, to that of being present for the murder but that it was a result of a home invasion. Right. Um, in an interview with 48 Hours, she reported that the two were having fun playing with the camera when things took a sudden turn. And quote. I heard a really loud pop. And the next thing I remember, I was lying next to the bathtub and Travis was screaming. At that point, I sort, of, I sort of was just trying to come around and kind of orient myself to what was going on. And I looked up and I just, I saw two other individuals in the bathroom and they were both coming toward us. Um, she described the intruders as a man and a woman dressed black who armed who were armed with a knife and a gun. At one point she said the man pointed the gun at her, but she was miraculously spared. Mm-hmm. Quote, he pulled the trigger and nothing happened with the gun. And so I just grabbed my purse, which was on the floor at that point, and I ran down the stairs and out of there. And I left Travis there. I pushed past him and and his gun, and I just didn't look back.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very plausible for sure.
0: Yeah. That, and yeah, and you totally just, like, then just, like, went on with your life. Right. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's... that's and that's you definitely didn't did.
1: call 911 right away once mm-hmm. you got out of the house. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so she actually says um, as to why she just kept driving and never called the police. She said, it was, I was terrified and I was scared for my life. And I think there was, there was a naive belief that I could pretend like it didn't really happen. Sure.
1: There's certainly yeah, okay. a naive belief that you could pretend something <laughs> didn't really happen. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so... Over two years later, in the summer of two thousand eleven, Jody decided she wanted to represent herself. Always a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, she then presented a series of letters as evidence, claimed claiming to be written by Travis, where he admitted to being a pedophile.
1: Like the, the fact that the this, absolute
0: character assassination that she the about fact to from, yeah the fact
1: like, that she not only gruesomely murdered this man but then went on to 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 try to pretend that he was someone that he wasn't in order to save herself is an it's it's an unbelievable. Level of just disgust. Like I, I just yeah, can't fathom it.
0: Yeah, evil. Um, so e- so evil. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so these letters obviously were quickly dismissed as forgeries, and yeah, uh, Jody's legal counsel was reinstated after the judge ruled that Jody was in way over
1: her head. Oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> like the judge just, just like, being but... like, the the official ruling is you don't got this girl. Like you. Yeah. <laughs> God. Ugh. Sorry. We're. I I know it's, it's always so uncomfortable when we're like laughing during these, but it's just like, I really don't know how else to process this information because what else is there to do? It's unreal. What else can you do? Anyway.
0: um, Jody claimed that these letters were vital to her defense as they pertain to her now brand new claim that Travis was physically and sexually abusive towards her and that she killed him in self-defense after he became enraged after she dropped his digital camera by accident.
1: Yeah. Mm hmm.
0: That's what happened. She also at various times alleged to be, have PTSD, amnesia, suicidal thoughts, and borderline personality disorder as justification for the murder.
1: I also just want to say I mean I'm sure we'll talk about this more later, but like this case is so this case bothers me so much because the fact the, the fact that she's fabricating these allegations about sexual yeah. assault and being in an abusive relationship, like it just it does the opposite of helping women who are actually in those situations. Like when women do this sort of thing, it completely negates people's real experiences with this and gives people fuel to like not believe them.
0: Yeah, there's a, a special place in hell, I think, for people who make up things like this. Yeah. And it's, so what I was going to say earlier is when I was researching this, I, I had this moment of being like, oh, my God like what if he was abusive or like, cause I'm, you know, I feel like nowadays mm-hmm. I feel like I tend to really come from the place of like believing women I mm-hmm. <laughs> to like stop and remind myself like, no, <laughs> there's always an exception to a rule. And this is it. Right.
1: Like the evidence and- is all there for us to know that this was her. Like this was, this was a hundred percent her. And like, I mean, I, I, their relationship was messy and I'm sure not perfect, but, the allegations are, it's to my knowledge, completely unfounded.
0: Yeah. Um, for what it's worth, there were like countless witnesses mm-hmm. who, um, including many of which who had previously dated Travis, right? Who went on the record to say that he had never been abusive to them, either sexually or physically. And, um, so there was, there was no, besides her claiming that, there was no actual evidence that this was the case if anything it was like very much the other way where she was clearly extremely manipulative Mm -hmm. and i think that he didn't know how I, i think he didn't know how to get out yeah and um it's just it's very sad yeah um so maricopa county prosecutor juan martinez Counter this defense theory, this self-defense theory, describing Alexander's, uh, sorry, Travis's murder as violent, and saying that there were three different ways that he could have died. Um, he was shot, mm-hmm. he was stabbed in the heart, and his throat was slit from ear to ear, severing his vocal cords and arteries, nearly decapitating him. Um, he also noted how Travis had defensive wounds on his hands, suggesting that he was submissive. He was the submissive one during the attack.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, in wrapping up his opening argument, Martinez played a part of a media interview conducted after Jody's arrest in which he said, Mark my words, no jury will convict me.
1: Uh-huh. Sure.
0: Narcissism. Mm-hmm. And on May 7th, 2013, Jody Arias was convicted of first-degree premeditated murder.
1: Of course. I mean, okay. and thank thank God that there was some amount of justice in this case. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing could ever be justice for what she did, but Yeah,
0: yeah. They 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 got the bad guy, which Mm -hmm. is which is good. Um, At a later court date, when determining if Jody should be eligible for the death penalty, all the prosecution had to do to convince the jury was to show them photos of the crime scene, and then pause for two minutes, emphasizing the amount of time it took for Travis to bleed out.
1: Yep, Mm -hmm. that
0: is a two minutes is a long time, even for something like as violent as this. Like, ooh,
1: I've heard that being used. That that exact tactic being used in in multiple court cases where they just pause for the amount of time that like if it was like okay it took you know seven minutes for them to call the police before you know after it happened mm-hmm. and they just sit there for seven minutes and they're like this is how long they had and it feel and when you're just sitting there in silence it feels like an, an eternity
0: oh e- an absolute eternity um so the jury voted to. Voted yes on the death penalty after less than three hours three hours of deliberation. However, she was eventually just sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole on April 13th, 2015. Um, subsequently, many appeals were made from Jody's defense team, mostly claiming that Juan Martinez had acted aggressively in the courtroom, attacking witnesses' personal lives, throwing evidence, like, like, like literally physically throwing evidence, mm. and um, also fueling a media frenzy. Um, he was often seen taking pictures with, quote-unquote, fans outside the courtroom— um, indeed, the trial, which was made public, was described as a circus and a runaway train. Um, but on March twenty fourth, twenty twenty, after a recent appeal, the court held that, notwithstanding the egregious and self promoting misconduct by the prosecutor, Jodi Arias had been convicted solely based on the <laughs> overwhelming evidence of her guilt. <laughs> Just like, I, I... like, like you tried it. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um. And as of 2021, Jody is housed at the Arizona State Prison Complex in Perryville, where I'm fairly confident she will live out the remainder of her
1: days. I mean, there's no way that she's going to get out.
0: Um, and Yeah, I'm pretty sure she maintains her innocence, which, again, is... I always wonder with... Because in, from my understanding, in most cases, if a defendant either pleads guilty or later admits to wrongdoing, Mm -hmm. they usually get either a lesser sentence or get paroled.
1: Mm -hmm. Because they're
0: actually taking accountability for their actions. I mean, I don't know about this. It was such like a heinous crime, but.
1: Right. I mean, it just seems like, again, like I'm not going to try to sit here and, and diagnose her, but it feels like she either like literally convinced herself that she didn't do it and it didn't happen or is so narcissistic and delusional that she like she can't even like she she will never be able to admit guilt because she's yeah. convinced that she was not in the wrong.
0: I'm gonna go with that, yeah, because I think that based on this timeline and the Huffington Post has there's a there's a lot more like court details that I got like a little bored, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can read the kind of the full timeline of these testimonies. I've really just heard like flip flopping around like every sort of excuse is um i think i think she truly just didn't think she was going to get caught i think yeah. that she thought she had such control over this man and i think that it got to the point where she thought i'm sure she thought he was she was losing control of him
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the only way out was to kill him mm-hmm. which is which again i i'm so curious like what was the actual impetus because again she clearly showed up with a gun right and well, you know, she knew something was going down, but, like, what went from, like, them taking, like, sexy pics, and he's, like, in the shower, and she's taking pictures of him, to her stabbing him 27 times, slitting his throat, and shooting him in the head?
1: Well, I, because, like, I just can't
0: emphasize that enough. It's, I'm sorry. It's, it's graphic, but, like, holy right. shit.
1: Well, you did say that, like, you know, he he sort of seemingly put his foot down about, like, this is over. Like, we're not doing this anymore. I want mm-hmm. you out of my life. And, like, she shows up at his house. Clearly, he's convinced to still have sex with her you know like which i don't think is unreasonable at all i think like that's probably very common in relationships it's like oh no we're not actually broken up like let's be together and like maybe maybe they sleep together and then he reiterates like this is the last time like we're not doing this Mm -hmm. anymore like something to that degree and it, it really feels like i mean this is all completely conjecture like i have no idea but it really feels like that you know if I can't have you, no one can. Like mm-hmm. that is what this was about, which is oh, obviously the most selfish thing that you could possibly do,
0: and unfortunately, kind of common in these cases of right. crimes of passion. I think like the term "crime of passion" is also like so. It makes it sound like sexy. I know. Like, ooh, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to the yeah, just the sheer level of violence. And then indifference
1: mm-hmm.
0: after the murder mm-hmm. to then because it, honestly it'd been one thing if she had like she'd killed him and then she'd like, been like it was self defense, like, like right away or right. something. But to run through the gamut of I wasn't there, mm-hmm. then I was there, but it was a home invasion, mm-hmm. then it was I was there, it was self defense, and blah blah blah. It's just like Yeah. No pick one story, stick to it, girl, no one's buying it.
1: No, yeah, there was no there I mean, there was no chance, even if she had I mean I it's disconcerting to think what might've happened if she had gone with the self-defense angle from the start. I still think there was, there would have been enough evidence against her, especially the, you know, character witnesses and just like the, the the history of what their relationship was like and what she, how she acted towards him. But I think like, this is such, I mean, you know, this is such an infamous case, I think because it is a woman who is Mm -hmm. the murderer. And I think like, in a lot of these types of scenarios, you know, the gender roles are reversed and it's usually yeah. the woman that's being manipulated or the one that's in it, And the man is in a position of power and is the more violent one in the relationship. So I think like at the time people might not have even really known how to process something like this.
0: Yeah. Well, and again, not, not to like, this is just like, I'm just saying this for the sake of saying it. Like he could like, he could be like the biggest dick in a, in the world, mm-hmm. and like screwing around with her, and like sleeping with other women, mm-hmm. and um, like toying with her emotions, and you still don't get to
1: right. murder right. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. Like
0: I'm sorry. Like that's not that's not how life works, Jody. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Um, anywho, that yeah, th- this case has haunted me ever since I first heard about it, it and it's and it's, it's interesting because it's a rare case where it's it feels like justice was served. Mm-hmm. like to the fullest extent where like obviously it would be better if he had not died at all. Um, yeah. But I feel like you hear a lot of cases yeah, where it's like the person gets away or the person like dies. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Or they just get like a very, so many, there's so many sentences that I just cannot fathom where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you killed someone, but like you'll be in jail for like seven years.
0: Oh yeah. Well, you yeah, you hear these stories of, um, you know people who will plead like let's say it was truly like first degree murder mm-hmm. but they plead down if they admit guilt they plead down to like voluntary manslaughter right and yeah then they're out in like eight to ten years after good behavior and it's just like
1: right what? like i mean i we don't know i mean this oh. this case might have always been different just because the sheer amount of overkill i think that's also the thing that I don't know how you argue self-defense when there are as many wounds as there are. Like the fact, mm-hmm. like the the gunshot being inflicted post mortem, like that's the, in no world is that self-defense. Like I guess you could say, like if you if if he was actually abusing you and you were just like I just needed to, yeah. you know, take this out on him. Like that's one thing, but it's just you can't you can't claim self-defense when the person that you're defending yourself against is already dead. Like it's it's. It's just unbelievable,
0: but yeah, and again, and once again, screw you, Jody, for trying to claim that when so many women and people are actual victims of yes sexual and physical assault. And but at the very least, like I, no one was buying it. Like, right. Like, it wasn't like suddenly now, like she got off because of this defense. Like, right. I think it was just like she claimed it, and they were like, okay, right, oh, okay, right,
1: <laughs> right. Like his his character didn't actually, you know end up being tarnished by her no but
0: anyway (laughs) briefly by me when I was like what if but then I was like nope um
1: yeah so (laughs) thank you so much
0: you're so welcome (laughs) um you know it's always a delight to talk about talk about murder with you and
1: yeah I mean it's a fascinating um, one
0: so fascinating
1: and tragic as always yeah Shall we get a little petty and complain yeah, a little bit? Yeah, I'm like it's always a a wonderful transition into us complaining about yeah, ridiculous things after. It's it's our it's our palate cleanser. Yeah. Okay. Well, once again, I'm like pretty positive that one of us has complained about this before, but I just want to kind of, you know, here's here's the thing. I've really been like feeling my age a little bit more recently, especially because like and I think everyone can probably speak on it. Yeah, like everyone can probably relate to this (laughs) where you just like when we started the pandemic, we were all two years younger than we currently are. (laughs) Which like, you know, seems obvious factual. But like, don't you feel like those two years were just robbed from you? Like I don't I don't feel like I mentally was able to Mm -hmm. like like usually when I have a birthday, I'm like okay, I'm, you know, I've lived out that year fully. I'm moving on to the next year. This sort of felt like it just, like, happened and, like, washed past me. And mentally, I'm still sort of, like, two years younger than I actually am now.
0: Yeah. Um, I think we have talked about this, but I think it's still very applicable. Like, turning 30 during, not that I had like, these, like, grand thoughts of, like, what, my 30th birth, like, this, like, new chapter in my life. But turning turning 30 during the pandemic, I mean, it, it was great hanging out with you on my birthday. Uh-huh. I had a great birthday. Of course. But it was this very, like, weird moment of, like, life is happening, and does anyone notice, And or does it even matter? Right. Which is a very bleak thing to say, but <laughs> it's, yeah, this is, like, this notion of, I think also because we're all going through this, like, collective trauma yeah. And processing. Mm-hmm. And that's just like, does feels never ending and how we're all like, I think I said this the other week, but I'm gonna say it again, where I had this moment around Christmas time where I was feeling very anxious about potentially getting COVID and bringing it home mm-hmm. to my family and, or getting COVID and Christmas would be canceled. Of course.
1: I mean, I think a lot of people had that exact mm-hmm. experience.
0: And I had, but I had this moment where I was like huh this is a much better anxiety than literally a year ago where I was like I hope I don't get covid and die right it just was like
1: <laughs> it's 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 just yeah. it's
0: so weird to like
1: right because mm. it's a, it's not like a the sort of ever present threat that it used to be but it's still a mm-hmm. low level of anxiety and trauma at all times where it's just like like are we 100%. like are we actually like suffering on a day-to-day basis like not nearly as much as so many other people in this world mm-hmm. probably are because of this disease but it's still like i think we're still allowed to acknowledge that we've now been dealing with this for such a prolonged amount of time in the small ways that it affects our lives on a day-to-day basis but not 100% yeah so Anyway, that was the opposite
0: of petty. Um, Sorry, I
1: didn't mean for it to really get no, that no, no, way. No, but no,
0: whatever. I mean, I, but I think again, <laughs> like, it's not like you're speaking on something that is like it's a universal situation,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, at least we're all in it together.
1: Yeah, <laughs> some of us yeah. are in it
0: together. Some of us are just won't get vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. Um, full pivot. My complaint is like bags you get from stores <laughs> that don't have handles. <laughs>
1: absolutely I, it, <laughs> yes queen it, speak on it. it
0: it sends me into this like level of petty rage that is unfathomable where it's i'm just like what am i supposed to do with this it feels
1: like and i like
0: just like handing me like a swaddle baby I'm like i don't have a baby bjorn with me like why I, like wrap my hand like roll it up and like stick my fingers oh god
1: it feels like you're living Ugh. in like 1952 when you're like when you when you've got a brown paper bag that you're like like holding close to your body, just sort of like supporting from the bottom. And you're like, I just got like my eggs and my bread in here, like coming home from the corner store. I don't know why it feels like that, but that's what it feels like to me.
0: It it does 100%. It's just so weird. I just don't, I don't understand. I mean, I'm all for like, let's do like more environmental environmentally friendly bags like cool like I don't need a plastic bag but give me a brown paper bag with something to fucking hold on to also
1: I mean to be fair we should all be bringing reusable grocery bags whenever possible but there's still always there's always times where you're like passing a store like you're coming home and you forgot to bring them with you and you need to grab some things like and guess what my reusable bags have fucking handles yeah Mm -hmm.
0: I strap that shit over my shoulders got like one on each two in hands and I'm like Live in life. I honestly
1: feel like they do the brown paper bags without the handles to de incentivize people who are not bringing their own bags to the stores.
0: Okay, but what if I'm getting like a
1: fucking croissant?
0: <laughs> like, so I'm not going to bring my reusable bag for my croissant. <laughs> what the, are you going to the, my like chicken salad sandwich?
1: <laughs> are you going to the grocery store to just get a single croissant? No, I'm saying like I'm on my lunch break. I'm like walking into town.
0: I'm like getting my lunch. Okay, but okay, but
1: are you saying that you can't take like a lunch sized brown paper bag without handles?
0: I'd prefer not to. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs>
1: anyway. Anywho.
0: Anyway. We've really um, we've really come
1: full circle um
0: always 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 full circle
1: you know thank you guys um, so much for listening i know that that yeah that was a gruesome story um but i guess that's just that's just what we do here sometimes
0: it's the nature of the beast um all right well if you like what you heard please rate review and subscribe you can follow us on instagram and twitter at Podcast. You can send us story suggestions, hometown ghost stories, anything all in the above to um, gmail.com, or, you know, just slide into our DMs. We love talking with you guys. And um, we'll catch you on the, the flippity-flip. <laughs> Later days.
1: <laughs> Bye, bitches. Bye,
0: bitches. <laughs>